<laughs> you wild. <laughs> yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is ordered. Here. And now, this is how it should be done. Because this style is identical to none. 2-5. Mr. Logical. Jersey. Stand up. San Antonio. We are more than Wimby. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the NCAA wanting to pay players now? We're going to take a trip down memory lane and tell you how the NFL is rigged or is not rigged. With some scenarios that would have happened if it was rigged. We're going to talk about healing time. Players that maybe should have sat out a little bit longer and they could have prolonged their careers or prolonged their legacies. And then, of course, we gonna get this thing started. Get it off my chest. And it starts right now. The MVP running is down to four players and these four players only, they should not be adding any more players. It's down to four players. That is it. That is it. I know MVP stands for most valuable player, but we also have literally realized that it means most outstanding player. So just because you're really valuable to your team does not mean you are the league MVP. Trent Williams has a great value to San Francisco, but he's not going to get the MVP vote. Von Miller was very valuable to the Denver championship run, even though Cam Newton, because he was outstanding, won the MVP award. We keep using this word valuable and we get hung up on it. We get hung up on the semantics, you know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, neither, neither, all that other stuff. The MVP award is the most outstanding, the most electric player in the league, even in baseball. Baseball has done a good job because they allow, if you hit 55 home runs and 135 RBI, and your team went, you know, 70 and 92. They're like, well, this dude had an outstanding, valuable, play, most outstanding season. So, six guys baseball, off the rip. I don't know if baseball counts, though, because you could not make the playoffs and get $700 million. Because, hey, listen, they care <laughs> about they care about real value. They they want to entertain the fans. The most is MEP, MOP. It's not just value. So, I'm eliminating six people off the rip, and you can't argue with me to get them back on. First, Lamar Jackson. Not MVP. Take him off. Jalen Hurts, not MVP. Take him off. Josh Allen, not MVP. Take him off the list. Patrick Mahomes, not MVP this year. Take him off the list. Tua Tungvaluwa, not MVP. Take him off the list. Trevor Lawrence, not MVP. Take him off the list. That gives you four guys left. Dak, Brock, Tyreek, Christian McCaffrey. Those are the four dudes you have left as MVP. They're the only guys having seasons that are way better than their contemporaries. All right, you think that you think I'm being a little outraged? Think I'm being a little mean? Let's go to the passing stats for most of these quarterbacks. Tua, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Not a bad year, but that's the same as Jared Goff with 21 and 10. Records are pretty much the same. Josh Allen, 25 picks or 25 touchdowns, 14 picks. Also 
handful of fumbles. I think he's up like six fumbles. He's cost his team games because of those interceptions. One game is interceptions or he lost to the Jets. Another game is fumbles. They're seven and six. You can't be the MVP if you're the reason. You know what else? If you're the sole reason for six of your team's losses. You know what else? I don't know if this is in your note or not, but he's thrown a pick in nine straight games. Just giving the ball away like, you know, candy on October 31st. Patrick Mahomes, 23 touchdowns, 11 picks. People want to give him credit for winning the Super Bowl with uh, a subpar receiving group last year. This year is not the same. It's not his fault, but you can't give him a pass because when you need to make plays, he doesn't make plays. His team doesn't score points in the second half, three, four games in a row. How are you the most valuable player of the league if three weeks in a row your team can't get points in the second half of football games? You can't be MVP for multiple weeks in a row. They scored 17 points. They haven't scored over 24 points in weeks, except the one game against the Raiders, which me and 10 other people could probably get 16 points in the Raiders. All right. Trevor Lawrence. can't. Trevor Lawrence, 17 and 10. He just got over 10 touchdowns in the ninth game. You can't be MVP when you, you play that many games. As much as people throw the ball, you're throwing the ball 35 to 40 times a game, and you can't get you can't get me one and a half touchdowns per game in your first nine games. You should be at like 16 to 18 touch 16 to 16 touchdowns in nine games if you're throwing the ball that much with Christian Kirk, Ingram, Ridley, Zay Jones. Trev ATN who catches screen passes. I mean, like with Doug Peterson, a former quarterback who's a pass happy offense, you should have more than nine touchdowns in that game. Yeah, he turned it on, but he threw three picks last week. You can't be an MVP running when you threw three picks and your team lost because of those three picks. You're out. Jalen Hurts, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. They talk about his 12 rushing touchdowns. Well, Swift gets you down to the one yard line and you do the brotherly shove. I personally watch him st- still at least, what, five or six talking to you. That right? game against Minnesota on Thursday night, he stole like the two. Game or three. against Minnesota, the what? What other game did he he stole? Uh, <laughs> he stole a couple more. It was like, like one time when they they called Swift down short of the line of gain or the other goal line. I'm like, okay, give him the ball back. Nope, brotherly shove. So yeah, he has a lot of touchdowns, but like I said, a lot of the work was done by somebody else. Um, who else? Who else did I eliminate? I think though I think those I think I, oh and Lamar like I said Lamar's numbers are just like I'm not even like I'm not even down that far on the list Lamar's numbers yes he is doing a good job for Baltimore and he can be the Super Bowl MVP if they make the Super Bowl and he has a great game but as far as his season 16 touchdowns six picks this is supposed to be the year he's supposed to cook he's supposed to do all this stuff with the pass game get rid of Greg Roman but really like does Baltimore look like a team that could put up 28 points consistently, that's his job. That's his side of the ball. Defense is not supposed to score points, even though they do put him in position to score points. 16 touchdowns, six picks. Yes, he has some rushing touchdowns and a lot of yards, but that doesn't make him MVP because right above him, you got Matthew Stafford with 19 touchdowns and nine picks, getting no MVP consideration. You got Jordan Love with 23 touchdowns, 11 picks. Who else had that number? Who else had that stat line? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, 23 touchdowns, 11 picks. Jordan Love beat Patrick Mahomes, but yet Patrick Mahomes get an MVP consideration and his team look as pedestrian. But the guy who beat him has the same touchdown uh, interception ratio. So off the rip, Kirk Cousins hadn't played in weeks since he tore his ace. I think he's missed like the last five or six games. Am I about right? He has 18 touchdowns, five picks. So you mean to tell me his 
first seven or eight games, nine games, he has more passing touchdowns than Lamar and less interceptions. And Trevor Lawrence. And more touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence, who's played all 13 games. And he wasn't getting any MVP consideration when he was playing. So it's down to four guys. I don't know if if the if the powers that be are gonna have the balls to say, yo, it's only it's only these four. It's Dakota, it's Brock, it's Christian, it's Tyreek. Whatever order you want to put them in, but those are your four guys. Those guys are making a difference on their teams. Those guys are making the defensive coordinators sit up at night. People are trying to figure out how do we get Dak off his spot? How do we get Dak out of his groove? How do we double team Tyreek? Tyreek was looking over the wrong shoulder, but he was so wide open, he had enough time to look over the other shoulder to catch the ball <laughs> every week from Tua, who has a water pistol arm, but yet he's still so wide open that even Tua can get it out there to him because he's so wide open off the route. Like I saw, I was watching um, Marlon Humphrey's podcast, and he said Tyreek running a double move is easier because he normally runs by you so fast that when he breaks down to do the double move, you're still running full speed to catch up with him. He's like, but if he doesn't run a double move, he'll run right by you. Christian McCaffrey, just a game changer. Yeah, I know Brock and Christian, they might cancel out similar to way Steph and KD cancel each other out for the for the points, uh, for votes in the NBA. But he still needs to get more consideration, especially Tyreek, who's a wide receiver's never wanted. Jerry Rice, uh, what's the boy name? Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Randy, all Moss. Great wide Randy Moss, all these great wide receivers that we had in the league that made these quarterbacks. Terrell Dorado. Terrell Owens has this as his, the feather in his cap. This is why I was upset. He was a third ballot Hall of Famer. Every single quarterback that he played with had their career year when they played a full season with T.O. on the roster. These are facts. This is the difference between a good wide receiver, a great one, and a Hall of Fame caliber one. Tyreek is having a Hall of Fame caliber MVP year, and you got him behind a guy having an average year quarterback. Matter of fact, six guys have an average years at quarterback. Four guys are ahead of him, but the fact that these six guys are even the same company is appalling. Get rid of it. Just give the quarterbacks their own award. So go MV, get MQB, most MVQ. MVQB, <laughs> MVQB, and then MOP, most outstanding player, most valuable quarterback, because that's what they're turning the MVP into. Just make it two separate awards, get somebody else to design something cute. But those six guys are eliminated from the top 10, in my opinion. Give me those last four Dakota, Tyreek, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. See, I hate awards, and you know, you knew me as two five because of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I was probably two five because probably not the greatest conversation I've ever had because of awards. You know, so like back in the day, two thousand ten, I was the one that wanted Indomitian Sue to win the Heisman Trophy. You know, because of his impact on games. You know, looking at this season, I'm gonna throw a name out there that you ain't say. Okay. You know, but he can't win the MVP because people will say he doesn't have the stats. So I would like to vote for Miles Garrett. You know, 13 sacks, four forced fumbles. You know, they're down to Joe Flacco. They had a DTR. They had PJ Walker. You and they know, beat San Francisco I mean, with PJ Walker. Yeah, they started four or five different quarterbacks this year. 
So, you know, he and they're the number one defense in the league. So that's the type of stuff that I value. But giving it to the actual candidates. I hate to say it. I don't want to say it. I was I was big on Dakota. Cool. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy that Dak is finally getting and it's like he should be getting un unfiltered support for the MVP, but it's because he plays in the same but for the team that's owned by Jerry Jones oh. and the fans. I know the the fans make it tough to like Dallas or anything about right. Dallas. Right. They were tw- like I said, whatever they finished their year this year, they were 24 and 10 in the last two years. Well, here's like, one for you. Here's one for you. So you made the comment that Trevor Lawrence had nine touchdowns in nine games. In his last eight games, Dak has 23 touchdowns and two interceptions. You know, so, but last night, so all season long, we've been talking and I've been kind of, I felt it, but I know he can't win. But I was like, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, especially if he I ends up breaking. He should be in a position to I win know. because college, Devontae Smith won the Heisman when McCorkle was having a great year throwing it to everybody. But they recognize it's like, this guy is the reason that yeah. everybody else is open. Larry Fitzgerald got Heisman. Reason. And I, I thought he should have won. Calvin it. Johnson Marvin got a Heisman vote. Marvin Harrison just finished fourth the other day. So it was like, you have to recognize that when Tyreek does that little when he when they're in that little bunch formation, the left or the right, and he just runs sideways to the sideline. It's that over. shouldn't that shouldn't impact you defensively when your defense is going this way. Right. If this guy's running out like this, and your whole defense on that side of the field does either this, they adjust, someone does this, like something <laughs> happens to where. That you have to adjust to that, and he just throws and well, then throws it to to Achain or Waddle or somebody or on the Mostert, other side, yeah, or most like, of them, or just hands the ball off. Nothing well, happens with Tyreek, and three defenders and a defensive coordinator are screaming their heads off to adjust what's going on, and he literally doesn't touch the ball. That's what an I, MVP I don't want to do the thing. I don't want to do the thing where we reduce everything down to one game or where we reduce everything down to the most current game. But last night was a perfect example. You know, Tyreek Hill got hurt in the second quarter, hurt his ankle, or first quarter actually, hurt his ankle, came out the game. Miami did not score an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter when he was back in the game as a decoy. So, you know, their only touchdown last night up until that point was a pick six of a screen pass. And this is the top offense in the league. So he's obviously, as they say, the the straw that stirs that drink, you know. So I like that one. Like that one. So, so, so for me, Tyreek Hill is the MVP. At one point, I had Jared Goff as the MVP early in the season. But now he's reared his ugly head, if you will, so to speak. Yeah. Pause. I had I had him because I felt as if because like I said, when I when I run down these numbers, well, this is a these are my wide receiver numbers. But when you run down the numbers, they want it's like the pundits, the talking heads want you to ignore that I'm using raw numbers to make my point. I being the talking head pundit who is advocating for Tua. 
advocating for Mahomes, advocating for Josh Allen. And they'll use the raw numbers. Lamar. And I'm like, okay, what about the fact that, you know, Matthew Stafford's numbers are just as good as Lamar's? Oh, no, no, no. It's not the same. I'm like, you're using the raw numbers. If you don't, if you take away the raw number element of it, if the numbers are substantially better, like the year that Lamar won MVP, I think he led the league. He was a, a rushing threat and he led the league in passing touchdowns, like somewhere in the mid 30s, 35 to 36, something like that. In a year where most mostly quarterbacks get around 40 recently, he was he led the league as quote unquote a running quarterback in touchdown passes. So that is the outstanding element of the the V that people are trying to incorporate because it's not really value, it's more outstanding. Well, the, like so the with, thing with is- Miles Garrett, the thing with Miles Garrett, he has an opportunity to definitively win defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. That that can't that can't be taken from him because there is an award specifically for his side of the ball. Right. Whereas right. the MVP, it should be for any position. We just know it's been kind of steered towards mm-hmm. the signal caller. Right. So, so of the 22 positions or the 22 well, so, guys. So this is why field, MVP is stupid. This is why MVP is stupid. Because going off of what you were saying about how Stafford's numbers are similar to Lamar's, and right. he's missed. He's. I think he missed a game as missed well. Missed a couple of games. Yeah. Um, older, he does run. He doesn't have the same threat. His team isn't as good. He doesn't right. have the team. And, and then you mentioned Jordan Love was as well. To go three and fourteen, according to me. Four and thirteen, right. according to you, right. I believe. Or five right. and twelve. You had him five like and twelve. That. Something like that. I had that, yeah. four and thirteen. They're in the playoff run. Well, like, but you even, but but even with Jordan Love, you know, better numbers than Lamar, but their teams are both six and seven. Whereas Lamar's team is ten and three, so like take away the record. Are you ten and three because he threw sixteen touchdowns? Are you ten and three because people can't throw on you defensively? Well, I know that they're. I know that this week, this past week, they're one and zero because Tylen Wallace ran a seventy-six yard punt return for a touchdown in overtime. So take that with that as you will. Yeah, it's a team game, and I and I get like I said, I get that there is a value to having a top play quarterback. I think people kind of confuse having, because we've seen a game where try and think, try and think of like, okay, I'll use Chicago, the Chicago chiefs game early this year, the chiefs. I don't think they punted with Patrick Mahomes in their quarterback. I think by the time Blaine Gabbert got in the game, the score might've been, I would say 41. It was like 40 to one to 10 or something like that. Or? Yeah. It was, it was something ridiculous. Blaine Gabbert gets in the game, you know, they, I think they're, it was like the last, like, probably like either the whole fourth quarter or probably late in the third when he got in, he ended up throwing a pick. Patrick Mahomes is throwing just bombs all game and just killing Chicago. So there is a difference between your backup guy. There is a drop-off. There's mm-hmm. a drop-off between having a top flight hey, quarterback and you your backup. you can say what you want, but I know that you know that Lamar Jackson has a pro bowler behind him. But yo, but yo, get it off my chest. See that right there? We'll talk about them one more time. So we all heard about the screwing heard around the world. Florida State left out of the playoffs. I came on Sports Reports' order with Mr. Logical. And I said what the college football committee did was effectively kill the ACC. 
Now, we're a week later, and what did I see on Friday? I saw an article. People saying that Florida State is having a board meeting on January 31st. And even Blue Blood Bias on Twitter, you know, say he got the blue check. You know, say Blue Blood Bias on Twitter came through and said that people think that Florida State within the next month is going to be in the Big Ten. So just when we thought we were done with realignment, here we are all over again. So this is the thing. Hopefully Florida State has done their due diligence, which I'm sure they have if they're going to try to make this move because we all know that the grant of rights in the ACC don't run out until 2036. So what that means is that if Florida State goes to another conference and that isn't worked out, they get no money for any of their home games until... 2036. So if they join the Big Ten, the Big Ten can't benefit from the FSU home game revenue until 2036, unless they got the lawyers working this out. Now, we were told that it takes a certain amount of schools, if we could get six or seven schools to leave the ACC, then that might go out the window. But the early estimates was, at the beginning of this season, if Florida State would have left next year, to go to the Big Ten, it would have been something along the lines of $300 million when you factor in the grant of rights along with the exit fee that they were going to owe the ACC. So where, what does that mean? That means what's Clemson up to? You know, partners in crime. What's North Carolina up to? Basketball Central. And, you know, don't forget about Duke. You know, what's these Virginia schools plotting? So if FSU takes that leap, then the ACC will effectively die. On top of that, what does that do to Notre Dame, whose basketball is in the ACC, and contractually they play five ACC games a year? That's cool when you're playing Clemson, when you're playing Florida State, maybe even if you're playing Louisville. If you're playing, say, SMU in Georgia Tech, and UVA don't quite hit the same. No. So, so if Florida State decides to take this leap, the domino is going to start all over again. So with that being said, you know, uh, former Governor Clark, you know, Charlie Clark, the new president of the NCAA, you know, I got to double check myself. You know, because I keep messing up his name. I want to make sure I got that right. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, the NCAA has now uh, talking about proposing a new football subdivision. In this subdivision, there comes rules and guidelines that volunteer schools, you have to volunteer to be a part of this, is that uh, they are going to be Charlie Baker. I'm sorry. There you go. Charlie Baker, for, former governor of Massachusetts. Uh, but anyway, um, he was talking about this new subdivision. Right now, it's just an idea. It's not in stone, just an idea. It's being talked about. But I got some thoughts on why it's being talked about. So under this subdivision, the initial thoughts are that 
Each school that's a part of the subdivision has to pay at least, they have to put at least $30,000 in a trust fund for half of their athletes. So not half the football team, half the athletes in the school. Then, of course, you get into Title IX and all that kind of stuff, too. You know, um, NIL. So $30,000 for the swim team, the 50-meter swimmer. Well, at least half of the athletes. At least half of the athletes. At least half. Yeah. So NIL would get removed from the collectives and placed into the hands of the school. I'm out. Now, before I I let Mr. Logical go, before I let Mr. Logical go, let me tell you why I think this is happening. So all over the last 10 to 15 years, we've been talking about the Big Ten and the SEC splitting off, doing their own thing, AFC, NFC style, which would toss the NCAA in the bushes. But the NCAA has something very valuable that they don't want to let go of. You might have heard of it. It's called March Madness. You know, March Madness keeps the NCAA afloat. It keeps the NCAA relevant. You know, so now if you give these schools the autonomy to go make their own decisions, decide how many scholarships they want to give out, decide what the playoff looks like. Can a school that's not in the subdivision get in the playoff? Does the new, does what we know as FBS, and then you take the SEC and whoever to this F, this uh, new subdivision, does a school like Vanderbilt become the new FCS? You know, and they become the cupcake game that you play before your rival now. You know, but here's some numbers for you real quick. So, Ohio State, for example, if they would have played under this rule where they have to pay half the athlete 30000 it would cost them $15 million per year. And last year, Ohio State made, as a total athletic department, $250 million. And that's that's from Shahan Jayaracha. I hope I'm saying your name right, from CBS Sports. You know, now, with that being said, back in November, this went under the radar. You know, uh, there was Grant House, a swimmer from Arizona State, took the NCAA to court over NIL damages because the collectives are paying these kids, but they ain't getting none of the TV money or any of that, right? So this judge, Claudia Wilkin, decided that these athletes should be back paid through 2016. From the time you signed the TV deal. So I think the NCAA, for one, is just trying to stay alive. They don't care about these kids. They're trying to they're going to end up settling out of court, I'm sure, in this case. But what they're trying to do is not have the SEC, Big Ten, and whoever else leave and leave them as a thing of the past. Yeah. So, you know, as like I said, me and Mr. Lot, uh Mr. Mr. Two Five here. We come with these uh these conversations. We can't take credit for this particular one. He sent it to me from a podcast called Until Saturday. Um, they were talking about the proposed subdivision. Nicole R. Back, you know, Power Hour. So I, like, I'm kind of boring with my arguments. They're articulate. They're real thought out. I believe in them. 
I'll, I'll argue the merits of them. But ultimately, I keep it very simple. When something looks fishy or something, someone's trying to make a drastic change, follow the money. People move for money. People sell their homes for money. People, family relationships fall apart. A lot of time, it's money. And you, you can say, oh, it's unexpected, uh, you know, uncommunicated expectations. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of that still involves money. What was your expectations with this money? And I think the NCAA <laughs> is one of those organizations that will do whatever when it comes to money. I don't like the professional aspect of like these these avenues are trying to create for college sports. Because if we look at our own professional sports examples, it's not a lot of support for the player in these professional organizations. We, If you had not an opportunity, watch Broke, the 30 for 30 special Broke, where NFL players talk about playing games and like you play for the Cowboys, so you get your eight or nine home games because that was 17 games. There's no state tax in Texas. But if you play a game in Chicago, if you play a game in New Jersey, the so if NBA you play in Toronto, Jets, they get taxed by a whole different country. So if you play, uh, if you play the Jets and the Giants one year, Jersey's gonna get that tax. If you play, if you play a game in New York, New Jersey, so you play San Buffalo, Francisco. you play Buffalo. Say you got a year where you play Buffalo, the Jets, the Giants, the 49ers, and the Rams and the Chargers. Just for whatever reason, that's how your schedule worked out. You play, you're getting taxed so heavy. Now I'm a college kid, but I'm signing a professional contract with my college. And I'm kid plays in Texas. Now I'm playing the game against USC because they're in the big oh, they're in the SEC, but we got that matchup now. Or you got these kids from Louisiana playing games against UCLA. I mean, so it's just like the money aspect of the professional sports has been such a detriment that I think turning college sports into professional is just a bad idea. They can simply make it more affordable for the student athlete to go to school and then give them a reasonable stipend for their efforts. Yes, I get that you would want a full percentage and argue that. To do that, they're going to come back with this other stuff. You're a student athlete. If your sport generates money for the school then you go to school for free if you get injured and you can't play for the team you get to finish out at the school unless you want to transfer instead of making everything about money make it about okay what can i do for you going forward because we're going to pay you we're going to make sure you get scholarship squared away you're going to get an opportunity to do your nil keep the schools out of it because once it's being regulated by this like if I'm arguing and advocating for myself to get my Instagram deal or if I'm advocating for myself to get this car dealership deal or the local pizzeria, then that's a deal between me and a local pizzeria. NCAA, you don't need any part of that money. You're already getting the billion dollar TV deal. Stay out of here. Get the players straight. Get the swimmer straight. Get the soccer players squared away with the academics. That's your involvement in their life to provide them academics. Well, this is the problem. let them work their own NIL deals because if the NIL deals go through the school now, like if you think about gymnastics, I haven't seen gymnastics on TV 
hardly ever. Olivia Dunn at LSU is probably one of the top NIL earners in America. The Cavender twins, they played in Miami. I think they played in Fresno State. They are up there at the top. Bronny James before he even got to USC. Now, if you took all of that away and now your NIA deal is worked through the school and it's worked based on how well, like they'll give you something like, oh, how many people watch gymnastics? They're like, I don't care. I'm pretty and I can go to Instagram and I can make money. You're going to get 30,000. Like I'm getting 7 million. It ain't for everybody to get 7 million. Life ain't fair. Mm -hmm. Wear a helmet. So if I can get out here because I'm handsome, I'm cute and I'm pretty, I can flip or I shoot jump shots or I can swim or I just have a great personality and, you know, Barstool wants to pay me because I do a weekly podcast and I'm also a college basketball player, male or female, then that's the money I get. But if you let it go through the school, the school's going to regulate to the point where they are going to get their cut off the top and they're going to give crumbs to the players like they were doing before when it was they were getting paid under the table. They knew these dudes were getting paid on the table. They yeah. know these kids 19 years old shouldn't be driving new Escalades to practice. Right. So so here's some more numbers. So I gave you the Ohio State side of it where it would be 15 million per year for them to follow this plan. You know, but a lot of the athletic this is from the same CBS article. A lot of the athletic departments departments around the country have a little bit over 400 student athletes or scholarship athletes across at least, you know, 20 sports, you know, vary but by school, you know, but a lot of these schools would pay something along the lines of six million. So goodbye, Akron. Goodbye, Kent State. You know, goodbye, some of these AAC and Mountain West schools, you know, Wyoming or somebody like that. Uh, but where this judge shook the foundation of the NCAA, not only did she say that the back pay should go back to 2016, this affects six. Thousand college football players and more than seven thousand college basketball players. So we haven't even got to the Title IX part of it yet, you know. And I don't know how all that's going to work because you know, like outside of women's college basketball, I'm not sure what other women's sports. I guess I don't know if I want to say pushes the needle or drives the needle, but. I don't know what other women's sports would would have that argument that a lot of the men's sports have. So the NCAA is just trying to save themselves and exist when we look back at it. Because now with the subdivision, I think they're just trying to take. I think they're just trying to take control because. Yeah, that's what it is. They don't want to lose control. They don't. They, that's the thing. They, I don't think they've lost control. I don't think the NIL deals are going to be that grant for everybody because everybody's not a brand. Shador Sanders is a brand because his dad is Deion Sanders. If Shador Sanders was a coach of a, a, a kid of a coach that's still, you know, coach in Texas and he played the way he played at Colorado this year, I don't think he rolls into next year with six to eight million dollars or ten million dollars in nil deals. He has that because he's connected to Dean. I'm not knocking his, his talent. Well, well you got to so, remember. You you got to remember though the NCAA has they're a bully when it comes to these other sports, but college football 
has the ability to stand without the NCAA. Like I don't know what college bat, even men's college, I don't know what college basketball looks like if there's no NCAA. But college football, SEC, ACC, whoever, they can just walk away from the I NCAA. Don't, I don't. I don't think. So. I don't. Th- I, I don't think. So. I don't think they will position themselves to just be expendable. Well, no, it's not. That, it but, but, I'm, but I'm saying, like, like so. Right now, the, the NCAA can come down and suspend Jim Harbaugh, for example. Correct. You know, uh, and, and and when that whole situation was going on, a lot of the talk was, well, what if Harbaugh just says no? Like, what if the NCAA says you're suspended for three games, and then Harbaugh just says no? Like, what can the NCAA really do about it? You know, so that's where you get into that where football probably has enough money that they've outgrown the NCAA now. So, so like in the subdivision, you know, like I said, they, they're going to decide if this happens, they're going to decide how many scholarships, like right now, the NCAA tells them 85 is your scholarship limit. But if they break off and do the subdivision thing, even though it's still under the NCAA, the schools will decide how many scholarships, the schools will decide who makes the playoff and you know, like I said, as far as March Madness goes, what if these schools decided, well, hey, these schools aren't playing in the subdivision. You're not in the NCAA tournament either. No more St. Peter's over Kentucky. You know, no more, uh, you know, T-neck. You know, no more T-neck over I, Purdue. Fairly you know, yeah, I mean, I just, without being in the room with these conversations and understand fully the leverage that the NCAA has, because if you factor in, they've been in charge of the money for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. It just seems unlikely that some of this new money that's coming through well, well, you gotta will remember garner enough leverage. Well, you got to remember the these, these these conferences are getting money from TV. They're not getting money from the NCAA, and the NCAA yeah, doesn't the control NCAA, that money. The NCAA, NCAA doesn't control is a nonprofit organization that's been getting money tax exempt forever right. since right. its inception. So they're like Rockefeller money. <laughs> they don't like this Alabama money. Is, like take, you can't even take the NCAA to court. They have they have long. They probably own some of the stadiums that these teams play at. Well, all I know is I guarantee the Big Ten, they have more financial leverage, and I think they'll have they'll be able to use more of that. But, but you got to you got to remember though, the NCAA doesn't sponsor the college football playoff. You know, they, like they, they they sponsor March Madness, obviously, but they don't have control over the college football playoff. You know, the Big Ten just signed this seven billion dollar TV deal through 2031. The NCAA doesn't touch any of that. We as far as we would think, but I just I find that hard to believe that the National Collegiate Athletic Association doesn't have their hand in the TV money of these different conferences. It just, I just don't like, I don't, I don't think they would set themselves up that way to not get any of that money. Cause it just, it would be, it would be irresponsible to well, not. I don't know if they, I don't know if they money. would have, I don't know if they have a choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's between that's ESPN the thing, but and they've the had, but they've had, they've had the financial edge. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like Dak making a deal to be to wear his Cowboys uniform in the 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 Campbell's chunky soup commercials and Jerry Jones doesn't get a cut. He's like, yo, that's my uniform. 
I'm getting a cut of this. I'm getting a cut of everything, every can that gets sold. I'm getting a cut of that. So I'm the NCAA. You're under the NCAA umbrella. You signed this deal. I'm getting a cut of that. And, and like if, if that we, is true, like if, if, that signed, is. if we signed a bar stool and we've got a deal with like, like I'm drinking Crown Royal right now. We signed a bar stool next year. Put it knock on wood. Let's let's make it happen. We signed a bar stool. Brandon Walker, what up? Casey and Smith, still- hey. So then they see me, somebody sees me drinking a Crown Royal, and then they call us directly. Barstool is going to get a cut of this Crown Royal deal that we get next year mm-hmm. because we they are the umbrella that we're under. And I and I understand, I think what it is that I believe the transfer portal, I think the players having power is maybe putting some fear in the people who are used to being like autonomous with their control. They don't want these players to be employees. And then you better do something about their education and make them and treat them like student athletes. And, no, speaking, and of really in- portal, speaking of the transfer portal real quick, since you brought it up, Nebraska, what do you got going on? Like, yeah. you know, everybody's talking about Colorado because, you know, Coach Prime out here getting the offensive lineman. He's doing it. You know, Nebraska is getting allegedly about to get Kyle McCord. and. Dylan Raiola from Georgia. But so, Dylan Raiola is from Nebraska. I know. That's an easy recruit. All you got to do is send him a girlfriend. <laughs> you, know, you know how many Air Force recruiters I knew? I, I had Air Force recruiters that told me, he was like, listen, man, I stopped. He's like, I stopped recruiting girls that didn't come back to my office multiple times because he was like, I got burned because boyfriends wouldn't want their girlfriends to leave. Mm-hmm. He another friend of mine, he was like, he's like, I'd have guys that would get up to the week of and decide they didn't want to go because they didn't want to leave a girl behind because they didn't trust their boys around his girl. So you can get people, you can influence people, you know, a lot of different ways. I know Louisville did it to a very nefarious level mm-hmm. back in the day with Rick Patino. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, some and- of this, you know, some people get homesick, you know. We, you know, we did the Air Force. We got over 40 years combined. I know a lot of people that I know a guy right now who probably has the opportunity to go PCS and retrain, reenlist, retrain, go see the rest of the world. But he's from Jersey. And he's like, I mean, he's like, man, I go to my mom's house every weekend. Like, I eat mm-hmm. dinner at my mom's house every weekend, Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like an hour or so from here. And, and he was like, I like the job I do here. And I also get to see my mom every week. So if you got a guy that's because back in the day, you know, the high school recruits, man, you weren't gonna do from Florida to even go to Oklahoma, really. You might get a guy from Texas to go to Oklahoma, you might get a guy from Oklahoma to go to Texas. But for the most part, Bobby Bowden was recruiting the panhandle. I got everybody here. Miami, Miami in uh Dade I'm County. I'm recruiting these 17 neighborhoods right here. Like I got mm-hmm. these guys are staying. Same thing in Virginia. Like, I remember when I was in high school, Michael Vick. Todd Water. They were like, yo, go to Virginia Tech or UVA to play sports. Guys didn't go to Florida. Percy Harvin's probably one of the first guys I really remember that was like a top athlete that didn't go to Virginia Tech out of Virginia. He went to Florida. But as a TV and everything started to expand. So, like, I think it's some guys like, you know what? I want to be at home. I don't know what What? Matt Rule. I don't know know what they have going on in Nebraska. I think I might have driven through there once. I can't remember. I know I drove you ain't to seen Kansas. Nothing. Kansas. Yeah, you ain't like seen flat. nothing unless you went near Omaha. 
but uh, which the, the university isn't even near Omaha. But uh, but yeah, but the portal's live right now. You know, Dylan Gabriel to Oregon. You know, we got uh, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami now going to Wisconsin. Duke Riley went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Riley Leonard. Yep, he went to Notre oh, Dame. Leonard. Why did I say Duke Riley? Because oh, <laughs> he went to I Duke. Thinking, I was thinking. Um, that's a hell of a former, badass name, though. Duke Riley. That's like former former linebacker got drafted out of LSU by the Falcons. Played for Miami. He plays for Miami now. And I saw him in the game last night. Yeah. So then you get, that. Yeah. So you yeah. got Kentucky picking up Vandegrift from Georgia, who was supposed to have next, but then Carson Beck came through and crushed the buildings. And you know, Kentucky also grabbed. <laughs> Chip, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, <laughs> Trayum from uh, Ohio State. I, I'm like, I don't, as a, as a, as a, as a father of a, an up and coming high school athlete, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure he's going to have uh, these college level aspirations. I'm trying to get this game going on my iPad, but the stream is not popping right now. No, Warriors kicking ass. So, you know, I don't know, like, like, what do I tell him? Like, hey man, just wait it out. Or as far as like, like if he gets here, because right now he's a freshman in high school, so he has time. But it seems by the time he gets to college and that recruiting aspect of it, it's gonna be chaos. Like with uh, with the grandmother, uh, what's the guy named Dante? Dante Moore. Dante Moore out of UCLA. Do you yeah, need to go somewhere and play for three years, or do you you really? Joe Burrow had two hot two years. One year was good, one year was hot. And he went number one. Like, do you really need like what's what's the guy name with the rice? Uh uh JT Daniels. JT Daniels. This is like his fifth school. Mm-hmm. Georgia, USC, West Virginia, West Virginia, Rice. And he's still not an NFL prospect. Mm-hmm. Not on anybody's well, well, that's why I asked you last week. If you're a quarterback like say Dylan uh Gabriel, you know, like do you follow? I mean, he went to Oregon, but do you follow Jeff Lebby to Mississippi State, your offensive coordinator? You shined in that system, or do you go somewhere else and show like I'm not a system dude? Like I can be flexible or versatile. I think you have to, if you're honest with yourself, and you like the problem. I, I <laughs> you have to have a, a good board of directors around you. Somebody tells you like, listen, Dylan Gabriel's five eleven, right? Pretty sure he's a good quarterback. He was able to beat Texas, number three team in the country. There's, like, I had a 14 year old sleeping in a hallway that's over six foot already. He's 14. Mm-hmm. He's not even like a prime, like, he wants to play quarterback, but there's so many guys that are going to just fit the prototype. And the NFL watching, you got, you're watching guys like Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield. Uh, Bailey Zappi, you watching all these small guys? The NFL's like, man, this is not this is not worth it. I'm going back to my six two and a half, six three, mobile. I want mm-hmm. the NFL is going to want more guys that are that move more like Aaron Rodgers and less like <laughs> Kyler Murray. Yeah. Hey, Scott, apparently Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is uh, cleared Christmas Eve to uh, you know resume contact. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why you would. Like, we'll get into that in our healing conversation. Yeah. But so with the, the transfer portal is like you're gonna be replaced. I think someone has to tell you when you're young, like, yo, dog, you're replaceable. Every mm-hmm. year 
depends on what school you go to because Alvin Kamara was in the same running back room like Mark Ingram, DJ <laughs> Yeldon, uh, Eddie Lacy, what's the boy named Trent Richardson? Trent Richardson, mm-hmm. Alvin, like when you went to your visit and you looked and saw <clears throat> why, why'd you commit to Alabama? Unless you plan on like, listen, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna work out for a year. I'm going to just – I'm good riding the <clears throat> You got to be real with yourself and be like, I'm willing to play linebacker. <laughs> I'm willing to play linebacker, corner, safety, <laughs> or just work out and just yeah. get in the best shape of my life and get screamed at by Nick Saban and get go through all the drills for this year and not play any football. Because you're a fifth-string running back in any program, UCF, USF, mm-hmm. USC, like – the likelihood of you getting real mama made it kind of playing time is unlikely. Even if a couple of guys go down, the team is probably more likely to get a corner that came to school two years before you as a running back and give him the ball. Mm-hmm. I see that happened about us high school. It was like they had this corner. They were like, you know what? We need some speed at the running back position. And he's a senior. So we'll have him play corner and running back while this other guy heals. It's like, you have a two freshman running back. Just play them. Nah, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. So I just, I just feel like I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't know what to tell you as far as like, Hey dad, I want to transfer. It's like, what are your guarantees? Like, is anything written? Like did this coach say, Hey, come here. You're going to be my day one starter. Mm-hmm. Or did he say, hey, come here, you can compete because you're better off staying where you are. Probably what he said, yep. And, and, you know, and then, of course, you know, keeping the college football going, you know, we got uh, Manny Diaz, the new head coach at Duke, replacing Mike Elko, you know, uh, famously of Miami Hurricane head coaching fame, even though Florida State's his alma mater, but that's a whole other story. you know, father was the mayor of Miami at one point. He's last seen up in Happy Valley, defensive coordinator for Penn State. He's coming over to Duke now. So, you know, I like it. You know, we'll see. I think he's going to win a lot of games there in his first two years and somebody else is going to come scoop him up. Um, and then, of course, Tulane lost Willie Fritz to Houston, as we talked about last week. But now Tulane has a new head coach. John Summerall from Troy, you know, who I thought was going to get the Duke job. So, you know, yeah, so- look, yo, this is how Mike brains work. Like, this is not something we discussed. He just was like, boom, I got all this. Well, we talked about college football. Coach, Might as well just say it. <laughs> college football names, positions. Like, it's still like, honestly, it's still amazing. I sit back and I'm like, I'm a fan for these segments. When you go on and on, I'm like, <laughs> But yeah, that's what I hear the names and I hear the positions and I hear we had conversations about like, oh, these guys moving here, this is available. Um, I don't, I I just think that in this this modern, you know, gratification age of the dings and the 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 Twitter alerts and everything else, I think Mm -hmm. that people just feel like I got to be out there, I got to get it quick. Like, there's a grind. And if realistically, if you look at it, all these dudes transferring, they're not going anywhere. Right. Most of these guys aren't going to league. Like Jaden Daniels, he has probably like the greatest you should transfer videos when his team was like, oh, he suck anyway. And then he goes to another school and wins the Heisman Trophy. And 
he was probably one of the most outstanding players in college football. The game he threw for over 300 yards and ran for over 250 yards, they should have stopped doing Heisman uh, votes right then. Like, that was mm-hmm. it. That was a game. Same thing with Reggie Bush against Fresno State when he stopped on the left sideline, stutter stepped, and then cut back across the field and scored a touchdown. The, I thought Vince Young was the Heisman, but that was the moment. It was mm-hmm. like, this dude is the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Adrian Peterson should have won Heisman, but he was a freshman. A freshman didn't win it back then, but it was clearly he was the best player in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, like, I did remember the transfer, uh, the transfer portal could work. It could work if you if you pick the wrong school at first. If the like I said, we live in Jersey. If he says, you know what, I want to go to, I want to go to Penn State. It's not that far. I want to go to Penn State. And he, my son goes to Penn State, and he goes there for a year, and he doesn't like it. He's like, I'm going to come back to Rutgers, and Shiano's still there, and they let him throw the ball over the place. Yeah, once he get a taste of James Franklin not throwing the ball deep, he's going to want to get out of there. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, whatever you're getting told, it's just – all I'm saying is, like, just be prepared for the next move. Like, just prepare mm-hmm. yourself for the next move so you're not caught off guard. Phoenix is making a game of it, at least as far as my stream. Yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, this is the, what, second or third game Bradley Beal has played, and Kevin Durant is out with an ankle injury, so, you know. I know they, I said 37 to 45, and I might have been, I might have been, you know, a little bit hyperbolic, but I, I do not think they are viable threats. Well, I think that's part of the problem is that they don't have any time together. We're already, you know, 20 games into the season and they what haven't even like played 12 and nine or something. Like they, like haven't, that. they haven't played a game all three at the same time yet. So we still don't even really know, you know, how it looks, you know, and I mean, yes, right now the Suns are 12 together, and 10. 12 and 10. If they get 30 games together, theoretically, they can, I could see a 20 and 10. Well, that's what happened last year, right? Like Durant came over. Everybody was like, oh, they're like 8-0 when they play together. And then they ran into Denver. (laughs) That's just how it goes. I was like, this is just not meant to be. You know, but dude, the Spurs. You know, losers of 17 in a row? Yo, I don't know. I remember hearing the buzz with Wimby, and I wasn't buying it. It was the same way I went buying it with Chet Holmgren, Bowl Bowl, uh, Christoph Rzingis is like, at some point, man, you got to bump into somebody else. You can't just be tall. I think that's the people are enamored with tall. Like, I think we have at this point, we have 46 presidents. I believe 44 of them have been over six feet tall. We are just enamored with tall. If you are on social media at all. You see these videos of women saying, I want a man that's six feet tall, at least six feet tall, makes $100,000 and works out, doesn't have kids. Well, that's like 0.25% of the population between the ages of 25 and 40. So good luck. Right. Um, but everyone's just enamored with tall. And I, I, was like, I probably brought this up before. This movie called Comet, Justin Long's character was talking to a guy in line. And Justin Long's character was kind of like, a, I won't say he was on the spectrum, but he's one of those guys who just kind of said what was on his mind. And the guy was talking and he's like, I just kind of assume you don't have a lot of personality because you're tall and handsome, and you probably have never had to develop a personality throughout your entire life because everyone's <laughs> tall and handsome. And I think sometimes these NBA players, they come out and everyone tell them how great they're going to be. I'm like, yo, 
you weigh the same as like Texas high school linebackers. You need to be stronger than this because AD is six ten and a half, six eleven, like two seventy. Jokic is like two seventy, two eighty. Nurkic is seven foot two eighty. Embiid seven foot two. Like you can't well, be seven foot five out here trying to guard uh, Bradley Bill in the wing. Like no, no, no. You need well, to be down like, here uh, guarding these other guys. Well, that's why I like you know Bomani Jones always has the conversation of like. Are you big man or tall man? You know, like two different Ooh. things, you know. Yeah. Um, Why do you a tall man? Yeah. But, yo, NFL, we talk about sports all the time. A couple of years ago, was it uh, Arian Foster that came out talking about the NFL and the script? And everybody started going nuts thinking that the league was rigged. And we were just sitting around just spitting ball, spitballing, and we were just like, yo, the league would look a whole lot different if it was really scripted. It's just, I understand when I hear, because it's all about the NBA and as well as the NFL, we talked about it, the matchups. Who would you rather see? Would you want to see a San Antonio, Milwaukee NBA final or an LA, Miami NBA final? Well, see, I think basketball is different, though. Same thing with the NFL. The NFL is like, would you rather see right now, right now the playoff run realistically includes Gardner Benchu and the Indianapolis Colts, and it includes the Texans. The Texans, and then you got Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and even Desmond Ritter. And even the Saints. And the Saints. So your Super Bowl, just because it just happens to play out this way, is Gardner Minshew and Indianapolis Colts versus Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Vegas. That would be hilarious. You you could probably sell tickets at the hotels in Vegas and fill the stadium. I think Allegiant Stadium is like uh it's probably like 80,000 seats. But see, I think I think the NBA is different, though, because the Super Bowl itself is a spectacle. You know, you got the whole week, the radio row, all that kind of stuff, celebrities everywhere. Whereas with the finals, you know, like like whoever plays in the Super Bowl, we're going to watch. You know, if it's Jacksonville and Carolina, we're, we're going to watch it. It's one day. Yeah. 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 Whereas in the NBA, I've always told you, I don't think that the NBA is rigged. But. They don't but, like San Antonio, Milwaukee, NBA. Yes, if they have a chance. Like, I, I I used to have this conversation all the time. LeBron's first go-round in Cleveland. You know, um, I would tell people, if the Eastern Conference Finals was Cleveland against Milwaukee back then, before Giannis, Milwaukee had to be 10 points better every night because if the game was in reason, there was going to be some be calls. Tick-tack fouls. Yeah, there was going to be some, some tick-tack Don- calls. Some Donahue so, going on. And then we saw this play out because Orlando couldn't miss a shot. <laughs> like, I'm sure if they could have done something. Yo, they – Michael Petrus was killing them. Yeah, he Kirkland was killing them. What's the boy named? Uh, he ended up playing for Miami. Uh, Rashard Lewis was Rashard Lewis, killing uh-huh. them. Yeah, they were killing There was Cleveland. nothing Cleveland could do about it. So The White Howard was point. killing them. They had yeah. the Nike commercials with Kobe and and the the puppet. Yeah, uh, but, but if the, the NFL, NFL being rigged, it's yeah, just, 
it's just such a like it's too many things going on even even with the penalties and the like, injury risk is too high injury risk is too high and just the basic if one person messes up on one play it's a touchdown either or it's way. not a touchdown Kadarius Tony it's not a touchdown Kadarius Tony it's not a touchdown <laughs> MB, MBS it's not a touchdown uh cuz you overthrow a Jimmy Garoppolo so for for the NFL to be rigged just the narrative that is rigged is it's hilarious but the thing i love most about it like the reason we have this topic i was talking to a guy in my office today shout out to Bmac if he's listening i told everybody to watch the podcast i'm like shout out to Bmac uh KC46 pilot smart guy graduated from a university you know Virginia military institute smart guy but like he had like a pseudo intellectual argument about the validity of it if it was rigged or not. And my argument that goes on to is like who benefits from it being rigged? Because no matter what, I'm a watch. Because we used last night's game as a prime example. I would not. So last night the games were Green Bay versus the Giants. I know a family that went to their Giants fans. They went to the game last night because they like the roof of Tommy DeVito. The he's a kid from around. He's like you know from the story. It's very Jeremy Lin esque kind he's, of story. He's like he grew Rudy. up ten minutes. Yeah, he grew <laughs> up like ten minutes from the stadium. Uh, still lives at home with his mom. They're winning games. Keep in mind, this is a team that just watched their quarterback get paid forty million dollars in all season. After having one good season and then being out for the season with like between neck and ACL injuries, he might not be ready to come back. They've had a bad year. They barely wanted to pay their running back. So they've had a terrible run of it up until about a month ago. So as a giant fan, three in a row now. Yeah, as a giant fan, you've had a you have had a ter- you've had a terrible offseason as a giant fan from March through October. Like it's been awful. And then you get this spark because even Tavito, when he came in for Tyrod Taylor, he didn't throw the ball at a game against the Jets. In the rain, they just kept running the ball and ended up mm-hmm. losing the game. So that didn't even help the spark. And then they turn it around. You got the spark. They played Washington. Like, so then you have Miami versus Tennessee. That wasn't supposed to be the game that it was. But that's not going to stop me from watching Monday Night Football next week because Whoever it is next week, we haven't looked. looked, looked are you, you going to watch Thursday Night Football tomorrow? I mean, uh, in two days, are you going to watch that? What we got? We got Raiders versus okay. Chargers, and Justin Herbert's out for the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going yeah, to watch Eastern Stick. Podcast. I'm going to watch, and Eastern we're all going to watch it. And I have a friend who lives <laughs> in Vegas, and she's going to post pictures from the from the box that her boss gets because he yeah. knows people in the Raiders organization. So. Even though she's a Patriot fan, she still goes to all these Raider games just because it's the Raider game. People pay a million dollars for the VIP section behind the, the goalposts at Raiders games. So people are still going to watch. It being rigged, like I said, it doesn't benefit anyone because the allure of who anybody can really win it. It's not a committee getting you into the playoffs. The Buccaneers could theoretically, either the Buccaneers or Saints or the Falcons, can finish this season eight and nine, win the division, get a home playoff game against. So that'd be two, three, four. So four would play five. Five Detroit would be Detroit. 
or even the Rams, but it's going to be at home. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have an eight and nine team that is going to have a home playoff game, and they just catch fire. Keep in mind, like the year that the Giants beat the eighteen and old Patriots, they were nine and seven, ten and six, mm-hmm. nine and seven both times, nine and seven both times. And mm-hmm. Eli Manning had two of the greatest throws in the history of the Super Bowl. You couldn't write that. But you, you could write a movie that good. But you could write Eli against Peyton in the Super Bowl if you wanted and to. And it never happened. Never got well, I mean, I guess it got close a couple times, maybe, but you know, I don't know. I don't didn't. know how close it really get because Eli outside of those Super Bowl runs was god awful for most yeah. of his career. And, and He's got big all of fame, but his 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 seasons weren't the giant well, seasons under Eli weren't that great. Well, the one that I thought of, the one that I thought of was because that was more your idea. But the one that I thought of was back when Pittsburgh beat Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. They beat Arizona to win their sixth Super Bowl. They became Sixburg, you know. So why would you not, if it was scripted, you would either have San Francisco or Dallas since they both have five Super Bowls. You could have had them play Pittsburgh. And the winner is the first team to get six Super Bowls. And, you know, that would have been a hell of a story. Kurt Warner winning that game would have been a hell of a story because he was a guy came out of the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he, and he had, like, fallen off before he went to Arizona. He was basically relegated to second string when they drafted Eli in New York. Then he went to Arizona. Arizona had, like, a 9-7 season. But I remember they beat Atlanta. Atlanta was 11-5 that year. They beat Atlanta. And then they go to the Super Bowl. I still, I still do not believe until this day that Santonio Holmes got that second toe down. <laughs> I'll out ne- because he had the yellow cleats. I still believe to this day that that toe was on the back even, of his his right foot was on the back of his left foot. Even though I don't think the NFL is rigged, I did think that their previous Super Bowl win against Seattle was rigged. That was close. That was an awful right. officiated it was, game. It was a couple. It was a couple of bad calls, but still, uh, Antoine Randall threw that pass to Hines Ward. But if it was rigged, Jerome Bettis doesn't fumble against Indianapolis, and then the corner picks it up and lets Ben Roethlisberger tackle my guy, him. My guy, Willie Parker, going. But he got stabbed. In the, he got stabbed in the leg. The, uh, yeah. the corner. The corner for uh, that picked the ball up for Indy. He got stabbed in the leg by his girlfriend or something that week. Yeah. But he played in the game with stitches in his leg, and I was like, that's the reason he got caught. Like, I don't think the NFL goes to that length. The stories are great. And I think the consp- I love I love you know what? I got theory. one. If I the love NFL it. I love was rigged. If the NFL was rigged, Peyton Manning ain't scoring nine points in the Super Bowl. Was it even nine? I think it was 43 to nine. Was it 43 9 or 43 5? Because I know because I know the first play of the game was a safety. Yeah, they had five. I don't think they got the nine. It might have been five. I think it might have been 43 5. Because they had the they got the safety on the first play. Because I had Super Bowl squares. Because me and you watched that game. Oh, 43 to 8. 43 to 8, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You watched that game at Mike's. But but you know, but that's definitely not happening if. The NFL is rigged. Peyton Manning was the golden child. They wouldn't have a Super Bowl at MetLife. If the NFL was rigged, Peyton Manning would have Tom Brady's accomplishments. Tom Brady wouldn't have Tom Brady's accomplishments. (laughs) 
he is not the story. You would have what what Super Bowl matchup did I have? I was like, oh, if the NFL was rigged, you'd have New he England said, uh, versus Tom, Dallas. He said Romo, yeah. You'd ha- you'd have a New England Dallas Super Bowl because you have America's team Tom's being two. Dallas, and then America's team being the Patriots. They were both essentially hey, disliked by most, most NFL fans. I can't lie to you. I don't want to go all Sean McDermott up in here, but. When the Patriots won the Super Bowl after 9-11. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then the, and then the Saints, the Saints of all teams, you know, for the fact that they even won a Super Bowl ever. Show <laughs> that the NFL is rigged. Um, Atlanta's been to two Super Bowls, and both of them were heartbreaking. Uh, the starting safety out here trying to get a hooker. The man of the year. He was the NFL man of the year. He was like the team preacher. Eugene Robinson. Out here trying to get hookers, and then Rod the Smith burns him year. on a slant route. You like, know, yeah, um, I, I, would imagine, I would imagine, so this one is, is a struggle for me, you know, but I would imagine that just from a polarizing standpoint, the NFL would have wanted Carolina to win. The the Carolina New England Super Bowl? No, the Von Miller Super Bowl. Oh, the why? I don't think they want Peyton. Uh, what's the boy name? I don't think they want Cam Newton as their poster boy for quarterback. No, because I mean, you got to still have controversy and you still have to have like villains and so heroes. You, wanna, you we, me, and you are writing the script. We're in the NFL vault and we get down to the Super Bowl and we got Carolina, Denver, and you want Cam Newton to win it over Peyton Manning. For controversy, because that because at That's the time the script you want to write because at the time Peyton Manning was on his last legs, like he was pretty much out of the league. Cam was Cam won MVP that year. Yeah, he so, won MVP, but that's yeah. What they so so, so like theoretically, so theoretically, Cam had more left than Peyton, and he's a story going forward if they win that Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's the thing. If I'm writing new stories every year in the script room, I don't need the story to carry over. It's not like Game of Thrones. I well, the story, right I mean, the story is going to carry over like either way, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I give it, I, I like the John Elway, Jerome Bettis, uh, Peyton Manning Super Bowl right off into the sunset. I think that's like the, I think people admire that. I think that story sells. I mean, Jerome Bettis won the Super Bowl in Bro, his hometown. All I know is. Hulk Hogan used to win every WrestleMania. <laughs> and, scripted. And, and then in 2000, in 2000, I know everybody's like, what the hell is he talking about? In 2000. Yeah, the show you, gets deep, baby. We get you, deep. You had, a full, you had a four-way match with The Rock, The Big Show, Mankind, and Triple H. And Triple H won. He was the first bad guy to win in WrestleMania history. And everybody was going bananas. They were upset. They were talking about they weren't going to ever watch it again. But obviously, you know, they were full they of it. Watch so, it so that's what I mean. So if Cam Newton wins, so you that want Super Cam Bowl, Newton to be the 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 new age guy that wins? Yeah, because people already hated people already hated him anyway. So that just puts the cherry on top because he's a champion and you hate him. You know, like why am I wasting my time hating on a dude that ain't got a ring? So, so like look at like like we talk about LeBron all the time, right? You know, you can hate on LeBron because he's like 
at worst, the second best player of all time. So you can hate on him and it resonates and it does all this and it's talked about all the time. But ain't nobody up in here like hating on Devin Booker to that level. You know what yeah, I mean? I get, like, I get that part, but I don't think I don't think the hate resonates as much unless it's a, a, a dual combination situation. Like it's it's uh you have you have something Ooh, like uh that would like, have been perfect. Like the Peyton too. Manning, the Peyton Manning, Dallas Cowboys would be dope. But that, but that was perfect. No, no, like, no, like, like, no. Tom Brady, Dallas would have been dope but, Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but the Cam Newton thing that would have been perfect because he spits in the f- face of authority and like all this and all of that, and he would have took out everybody's hero. He would have sent the hero. You know? I don't think Cam Newton really spit in the face of authority because I've been watching some interviews with him, and he said he sat down with the owner, and the owner basically gave him a blueprint of how he wanted him to operate as a quarterback. That's why he did, I guess he didn't get tattoos. And he didn't grow his hair because mm-hmm. that previous owner, and in we learned later that that previous owner had a little bit more of a, right, more right. of a racist fire in his fireplace. Right. Um. So, but I I do like I'm trying to think what what would have been like the best combination. I would have loved. I would have loved. I brought this up in our pre meeting. I would have loved a, a Raider a Raider Forty Nine er Super Bowl. You know, just because of those fan yeah. bases, the hate and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I don't see how you wouldn't if it was rigged. I don't see how you wouldn't book that. Set that once. up. Yeah, at least just they've had how many Super Bowls in Dallas? At least two or three, right? They had the the Steelers, Packers one was in Dallas. So we kept having this whole like team never played in their home right. stadium. And now so we, we got two of them wait. in the last four years. So we wait to the COVID year with the stadium half full to get you Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And then the Rams did it. You got to rig it better than that. Yeah. And then the Rams did it, you know, like the year after. Yeah. You got, right. the, you got, you can't have a hip hop halftime show when the sun's still up. It just didn't work. <laughs> That's supposed to be the East coast. Like, you can have like Taylor Swift performing when the sun's up or pink. Yo, I was Fergie. so like, like, uh, um, see walking when the sun's up. Well, it just didn't well, have the same effect. Well, remember that year? Uh, that was the year that Stafford threw the pick or the should have been picked and Tart dropped it. And yeah. so we almost ended up at Cincinnati, San Francisco, which would have been the third time that they would have played in the Super Bowl. That would have been the three Pete. You would have brought everybody back. Yeah, everybody. You would have. Why would you not do that if it was rigged? Why would you not? John Taylor, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. You'd have fucking uh, what's the boy name? Boomer. Did you say Boomer? I said Boomer. Yeah, I I was a big fan of Cincinnati when I was growing up. Like, cause the the icky shuffle. Hey, Chris Collinsworth. Collinsworth, come on. Merton Hanks. Yeah, with the neck. (laughs) With the neck. Yo, it would have been bananas to have that, but of course they're like, "Now nah, we will go with this L.A. Cincinnati." I would have imagined that a team like Philly, not necessarily a team, but a city like Philly, would have got a Super Bowl before they did. You know, with their fans and like the their like, fans like never lost passion, so you're good to go. You, yeah, you, but it's just good for business. They're gonna now, keep going up. They're they're you know, that's the thing. They're gonna keep I got selling one. the link. They're going to keep selling the link. They had the new stadium. They're good to go. 
how come we never got a Subway Super Bowl? Jets, Giants. Could you imagine? Yo. I'm hoping for that. I hope it if figures the super, out. If the Super Bowl is ever, if the Super Bowl is ever in MetLife again, which I don't know if it will be because they froze everybody. If the Super but... Bowl wasn't in MetLife, and then it looked like the Jets and the Giants were gonna make the Super Bowl, I think they would make arrangements to move it to <laughs> Because can you imagine? First of all, if you're not from here. Getting around on the trains and the buses and everything else, it feels like an inconvenience. But when you're from here, it's just like it's just kind of par for the course. So a Jet Giants Super Bowl at MetLife, shut Nuts. it down. Yo, how about how about Ravens 49ers this year? But it's reversed. San Francisco, I mean, Baltimore has the Kaepernick now. Is San Francisco has the Flacco. Has the pocket passer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Uh, you know, especially like said, the way that Super Bowl went. You know, the 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 lights going out. You know, the crazy. Makes, yo, we made a drinking game up. because Korea. You were in Korea, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, I was lit because the game came on at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yo, when Jacoby Jones uh, scored the, the touchdown, I think we took – we took shots because if you if you're cheering for the Ravens and, and they scored a touchdown, you had to take a shot. If your and, team and, gave up a special team touchdown, you had to take a shot. If a special team touchdown was scored, you had to take a shot. If a kickoff was returned, I think it was like a, I think if the play was longer than like 75 yards, it, it was all these little stipulations that so and, the 13 of us in this room were like, we were just pouring soju. And think about it. Keeping up with what you like, Ray Lewis went off into the sunset. He did you go know. off into the sunset. They when he was, when he was about parents. to get busted for using the deer antler spray. <laughs> Yo, and it, in his previous Super Bowl, he killed a dude. So it was like, I mean, things, things are crazy. <laughs> well, you know, crazy, like, crazy. well, even in baseball, like thinking about baseball, like, you know, like I would have imagined we would have got Dodgers, Yankees sometime in the last 15 years and not even close yeah not even close or, or i mean i guess close you know like the yeah, dodgers have made the, the world playoff. series and the yankees you know made the alcs you know so we were close a couple times and people were hoping for it like you know i was taking money from people because i was like give me the astros and they're like no dude this is the yankees year and i'm like give me that money bro Give me that yeah, money. I remember Stephen A. Smith was talking about it during COVID. He was like, so you mean to tell me all these years I've been in basketball, I've been reporting, and we get a Miami-LA NBA Finals. And it's in the bubble. And it's in the bubble in Orlando, and I can't go. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, can you think about Miami yeah. and LA? But it was like, Well, what about the in? Knicks? You know, I'm sure, like, the NBA would love the The Knicks, if if – if professional leagues starting with the NFL, because I think NFL is king of the of the professional leagues, right? Zion, Kevin Durant, and LeBron all would have been in New York. <laughs> they would have sat in there like, "Listen, here, close the door, turn the cameras off." Hey, LeBron, you're not going to LA. <laughs> you're going to the Knicks. We'll figure out the luxury tax stuff. <laughs> We're gonna give you the biggest contract ever, but we need you in New York. 
can the you NFL. imagine? Can you imagine if he did go to New York though? Yeah, I know. Unbearable. Like uh the NFL ain't no way they were gonna let Barry Sanders and Megatron retire. They would have thrown him something. They would have thrown him a bone, considering that it was you saw it happening. You saw what happened with Barry Sanders, and then you see what was happening with Megatron. And it's like, yo, history is about to repeat itself. So that pass interference call against Dallas would have got called, and then Matthew Stafford would have, you know, well, finally as, won a playoff game. As slanted as the NFL coverage is to the NFC East. We would have got a lot more Dallas versus somebody in the NFC Championship game. Oh yeah, Aaron. They they would have, they would have called a hold on the Aaron Rodgers when he's rolling to his left and threw that uh, <laughs> pass to Jerry Cook. It would have been a hold somewhere because he's rolling out. I guarantee you, it's a hold. I'm a mm. firm believer that every big play in the NFL, passing or rushing, here's or a here's a question. There's a, a hold or a block in the back. Even my own son, like I said, I looked at one of his highlights when he because he was he rolled out to the left on the quarterback keeper, 70-yard touchdown. I looked at the play. It was a kid literally holding another kid's arm like this. I'm like, they didn't call it in count. Here's a question, and this is like the reverse rig because when people think of rigging, they think of teams winning or, you know, whatever, like, you know, teams being helped with a flag or like a whistle. But here's a question. How come America, ESPN, and sport leagues don't like Atlanta? Like the city? Yeah. Like, I feel like the Falcons, like, I've watched. Now, you know I'm not even a Falcons fan. Correct. That play, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Like, it was probably last year. When Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady. And he rolled on Grady's lap. And they threw that flag. And, you know, or, you know, when I see the Hawks, you know, like, because when I think of Atlanta, I think of a big city, right? Like, I don't know market size, you know, if they're big. But, yeah. you know, I look like Phoenix is a big city. They got to be top eight. If, but they don't get, can imagine that they're top eight. They, like, like, Phoenix is a big city, but they don't get coverage like a big city. You know, um when I look at the NFL or NBA, you know, it's New York, LA, so on and so forth. But Atlanta is a big city too. And they don't seem to get that respect. Like free agents don't go there, you know, uh, like in the NBA, at least like, you know, like free agents never go to NFL all. as well. Yeah. You, yeah. Like I, why, why don't people like Atlanta? Why, why doesn't Atlanta secede? <laughs> I guess that's the way to put it. I, I like you think about it. I think baseball, I mean, they just won a World Series pretty recently. As I think the 28 to 3 really does resonate. Like I said, most of those players weren't aren't on that team anymore. Right. I can't if I had to guess, I'm gonna say probably zero. Yeah, I would think zero. Cause I mean that was, was like, like seven, eight years ago now. Maybe Grady Jarrett might have been on the team that Super Bowl that Super Bowl run. I believe he was. Kickers and punters are all gone. Coaching staff is different. Quarterback is different. Wide receiver core is all different. No tight end. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure the whole team is completely overhauled. And they still play like that. 
and they still play like they were on the team. It's like they they see these highlights, like randomly YouTube pulls up Super Bowl games and playoff games as we're doing these shows. I think a few weeks ago it pulled up the Atlanta one. I was like, I pulled the remote control out. I was like, well, Atlanta feels to me like whether it's the Hawks or the Falcons, it doesn't even matter. They feel like the Cubs to me before the Cubs won the World Series. Like they, they feel wouldn't have like, gone 108 years without winning the World Series. First <laughs> quarter ring. Yeah, they're like, one of like, the most popular ones. Yeah, the Red Sox. You know, um, they went like 100 years before that 03 comeback against the Yankees. I think it was. It was like 90 something years. It was around the same time. I think it was yeah, like 84 it was, yeah, years, but then they had to come back from down 3 1. Yeah, 3 0. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then so, A Rod knocking the ball out of his hand is just it's crazy. I just think that I understand what people, because me and you have had this conversation before. I understand that if you are an executive, even though I think it's short sighted, I don't agree with it. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like you, people, I think down our day and age, we have this expectation that I have to agree with you to understand it. I can understand why you're upset about your breakup. I just don't agree with the fact that you're moping about it. You know what I mean? Like I can, I I get it. I get it. Like it happens. I just don't get why you walk around here. Like is everybody else's problem? Like I understand that. So I understand why people think like, yo, I think the NFL would prefer this matchup. I think the NBA would prefer this matchup. I just don't know how he didn't you... even say Lakers Cavs. Oh, this this oh the, the Lakers Cavs with Kobe Kobe the Kobe yeah. LeBron. Not Lakers Cavs, Kobe LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care about Ilgowskis oh, okay. and whoever else is on the team. <laughs> they wanted they wanted Kobe LeBron. Um, and it, it would have happened if they would have called like some illegal screens or something, all those three pointers that Orlando was dropping, but they were just <laughs> dropping clean three pointers. It was nothing to do. I mean, you had Delonte West and Mo Williams trying to guard Turk. Yo, Michael could you Bush. imagine? Could you imagine sports talk if, if we LeBron got that series Kobe. in the no? If the other way around, could you imagine? Kobe beat LeBron. Yes. No, no, no. I don't think it would be. I think it would be crazier if LeBron beat Kobe because people already believe Kobe is better than LeBron. People argue that already. But if Kobe was five and two in the finals, and LeBron was four and six as he is now but one of his four was him beating kobe it would just be chaos see and i think it's the reverse i think that i think that people have been trying to position lebron ahead of kobe since like 2005 you know and yeah but i think recently people have been doing been doing more to try to but see, but Kobe. see, I think it's ever since but, Kobe, ever since Kobe's tragic passion, I think people have been kind of sliding him in. Well, but, I, like, I think it's in a like vacuum. I, I think it's yeah. in a vacuum because I think, and I've told you this before, this is probably the first time I've said it on this show, but I feel that before he died, when he was still alive and well, the media was literally trying to erase Kobe in front of our eyes in real time. Like, like you had people, even people that I respect, like Bomani Jones, like they were using all these analytics to try to, you know, like the efficiency yeah, numbers don't Kobe love Kobe. Like eighth, ninth, twelfth. They had him behind Larry Bird. They had him everywhere. Yeah, and, 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 and he passed, but to do that, but to do that, but but like to me, because we always get it, me and you get into this argument a lot, where you know, you always notice the people that are negative towards LeBron. 
And that's like Joe Blow out here on Twitter that nobody knows. But as far as the people that are supposed to be reporting and objective and all that kind of stuff, the media is, besides like Skip Bayless and Rob Parker, are so team LeBron that LeBron fans don't notice that or they just ignore it. You know, I and think my biggest thing with that is that because, like I said, this is something I noticed about people talk about Kobe. I was telling someone about I was I was talking to like a like a female friend of mine who likes basketball, and we were sitting there we were just talking. About, I was I think it was at my friend's house and the game was on, and I was like, all these dudes come up here telling their great Kobe stories. Kobe wouldn't have liked them. Like Kobe wouldn't have liked the way these dudes played. They wouldn't like the way there was the seasons ended. Like. Kobe was very, very vocal about what he liked and didn't Kobe like. Kobe would have told players. Jason Tatum to shut up and man up. Yo, he wouldn't like all he these told Paul about, I'm Mamba, I'm Mamba mentality and all sorts of stuff. Like Kobe was like when he started growing the beard and put his put you know regular like yeah six foot seven six foot eight frame weight on, and he was doing an interview with T Mac and smiling a lot. Yeah, he was coming around, but for the most part. Kobe wasn't out here giving these guys respectful comments. Every once in a while, he, you got the video in preseason when he slapped Steph Curry in the butt when he crossed him up. That shit didn't happen in February. Yeah, it happened in November. Like, like, yeah, he's cool. George, Paul George would have walked up to Kobe and be like, what up, Kobe? And then Kobe would have been like, what's your name again? Like, why are you talking to me? Or Iman Shepard told an honest story. He was like, you had a good game, young fella. He's like, after three quarters, like, we got a whole fourth quarter. He's like, I've been stealing the ball from you all game. Well that's, like, like when, well, that's like when, well, that's like I was listening to um, one of my old mixtapes, you know, from like 2002 or whatever. And uh, I was listening, to, <laughs> I was listening to one of them Rockefeller mixtapes, you know, like uh, the Hot 97 joint. And uh, they had, they had this uh, Cormega joint on there. Yeah. I think it was, I think the CD was, uh, I think it was Street Wars. And, um, uh, they had Cormega, he had a song going at Nas, and he was like, Thug Match and Pac ain't even like you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, so you know what I, mean? I just noticed that, like I said, I understand like from you, because I never even thought about the small market, big market, but they want it. The NBA wants, the NFL wants. I don't know if MLB really cares. I think MLB is all about just baseball. And well, yeah, I think baseball time. fans are sort of like football fans. Like they would probably, I mean, this one, this last World Series, I think was the lowest rated one. Uh, the Rangers and uh, uh, Diamondbacks. It was the yeah. lowest rated World Series. But I think true baseball fans, true football Appreciated fans. Appreciated it. We'll just watch whatever it is. Yeah, and baseball, and the thing about baseball fans, Baseball teams, when they smell proverbial blood in the water, like, yo, this is our year, they go for it. Yeah. You look at NFL teams, I've been yelling about my team that I support, the Atlanta Falcons, to make moves to go for it now. My my stream's gone. Um, this fool so, just got ejected. Draymond? He just fucking... Yeah, like he was it looked like he was trying to post up Nurkic, you know, they're bumping, you know, post up. They're bumping. Draymond does the flail, you know, and hits him in the face, like slaps him in the face. And of course Nurkic like, you know, falls like on his face like like he got shot in the back, you know what I mean? I've never <laughs> fallen on a basketball court in my entire life. 
if I've never I did, been hit in the face and fall on the ground. If I fell, if I fell life. on the basketball court, it was because I twisted my ankle or something. <laughs> like I came down on a rebound One and I was like, like some dude, some dude hit me low like he was trying to tackle me. That's probably it. I've never. Yeah, seen... he he was flailing. He kind of like like he was doing like the get off me so, thing. Um, I like I like Draymond. I like his intensity. I like the fact that he's undersized and he plays. He's like the new Charles Barkley. Yeah, I have to send oh, you the video like, when I get it. But uh, you got to Yeah, gotta like so. Up. But but you know, yeah, but like, yeah, like, so. like NFL teams, like don't go for it right now. There's conversations I saw on on first take today. Should the Jets bring Zach Wilson back? A baseball team would trade him and get whatever they can get. And already hope be whatever gone. they get, will hope whatever they can get for him turns out to be successful. He would and already be gone. Teams hold on. I think Matt Ryan held on to Atlanta two extra years that he shouldn't have. I think Atlanta held on to Dan Quinn about a year and a half longer than they should have. Uh, I think the Jets are going to hold on to Robert Sala probably a little longer. I applaud Denver for getting rid of a coach, you know, on top. But I was like, in the same sense, you didn't reach and got a guy that didn't really fit. Uh, the Steelers, they're going to hold on to Mike Tomlin, which makes sense. But they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Kenny Pickett. I don't think Carolina's gonna get rid of Bryce Young. So a lot of NFL teams, they look at the contract as like the thing that makes them make their decisions. Whereas baseball is like, oh, yeah, I signed this guy to a five-year, $125 million deal, but he's a left-handed pitcher. The Yankees feel like they're about to make a run. We could trade him to the Yankees and get four of their prospects mm-hmm. and two starters back. Let's just do it. Well, see, and that's where, like, teams like the Diamondbacks and, you know, teams like my Orioles, that's where they become loved in that way because it's pure. Like, they they took the prospects and developed them. So that's why, you know, even in sports like college football, you know, like, I think people, they don't want to see them win the national title or anything like that. But I think people appreciate the Northwesterns and you know, the weak forces that just have the average Joe non five-star athlete, but yeah, they I come together. Sick of Georgia. I think people are sick of the teams that are, you know, permanently in the top eight. Yeah. Nine through 65. We love those teams. We love watching <laughs> them play. We love seeing their players in the league. Most yeah. of them go to those colleges. Maybe you go to them online. I mean, you wore a Western Kentucky university shirt last week. I think it's just the, it just for some reason the rigged the rigged piece I like to hear from people who believe it. My mm-hmm. pops is one of those guys that thinks there's something amok, but he's a retired army guy and he is critical of almost everything. I mean, so I like I like having thing. that conversation. I like having a conversation mainly because there's no real evidence. So I don't because I think in evidence. I think logically. So I like to hear from people who have a different viewpoint because it allows me to either engage them logically or it makes me think, how does this make logical sense? Like, my, did you say something to me that made sense? And I'm like, you know what? If I'll listen to you. If, you, if I think you said something to me that made sense, my, I'll my rock with it. I, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. And that's the thing that you don't really get in social media now because it's like you want to get people who agree with you. Now, my favorite is I got a boy that thinks that the all-star game format changed for LeBron and the in-season tournament was created for LeBron. 
please have him elaborate so we can discuss this further. <laughs> you Is know, that... but yeah. So when he told me that, you know, I just had to, I had to let my brain heal a little bit. So, you know, but, uh, you know, speaking of healing, you know, there are some players that you've been thinking about that may have hurt themselves by trying to come back too early. They should have took some time, you know, what you, who, who you got in mind. Uh, we we have these stories of uh, like guys. You got Brandon Roy, like recently got Lonzo Ball. Kyler Murray's back now. Uh, I know Adrian Peterson's exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning did himself like he he took a whole year off after the surgery. Goes to Denver, throws fifty plus touchdowns or fifty touchdowns, breaks his own record. Uh. Oh, he broke Tom Brady. He broke record. Brady's record. Yeah, he broke, broke Brady's record, which is I think he threw fifty-five long, touchdowns or something like which that. Is a, which is a longtime rival of his. Mm-hmm. So who broke? Who Tom Brady broke Peyton's record? So it was like to take a year off. You probably think is my career over? Am I done? The team that you know was paying you and drafted you for all these years, they essentially let you go, pick any team you want, and then you go to Denver, break the record. Eventually, win a Super Bowl. So you got, you know, you got a couple Super Bowls under your belt. Uh, I just think like a guy like Le'Veon Bell. He was a running back. I don't think he took his year off properly because he was ready to go. So if he took his year off and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna get in a different kind of shape. That way, when I do sign with another team next year. I'm gonna be way better than I was a year ago because people are like, oh, you're missing a year of your prime. I'm like, you're also not getting hit, right? For 16 games, you really get right. the heal. I saw a video yesterday, and this kind of sparked this conversation a little bit. Michael Vick was talking about he was watching the highlight of him in overtime against Minnesota, the famous highlight when he was playing the Jordan 17s on that carpet, and he ran through all those arm tackles, scored a touchdown, and threw the ball into the stands. He was like, man, I was playing with a sprained thumb, two sprained AC joints, and like different pains in each shoulder. Unfortunately, he gets uh, he gets charged with, with dog fighting, has to do two years in prison. He comes out of prison still pretty much in his prime. But he got the heel. He didn't get tackled for two whole years. I think he was playing like backyard football in the in, at, out of Leavenworth, came back, Goes to Philly, learns from Andy Reid, signs another $100 million deal. I think he was the first guy to sign $200 million mm-hmm. contracts and pretty much revitalized his entire career. I don't know if he's on TV without the success that he had in Philly. Right. I don't know if he makes it to Philly if he stays in Atlanta with Jim Moore Jr., basically not holding him accountable for throwing a ball. Or not throwing the ball and not studying not film, reading and the playbook, running, not reading the playbook, and he's just running all the time. And so those two years that he was locked up, he's on the Falcons, and they were close. Like every year, like they got the NFC, NFC Championship game, they got the new uniforms, they got the new stadium. Like Vic was like the guy. He was on Madden. I don't know if he makes it to the years that he played in Philly without being essentially on the shelf for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, uh, I wasn't thinking about this until you brought up the Le'Veon Bell thing. But um, I started thinking about Maurice Claret when you said that. 
you know, because he took the year off, was trying to fight to get to the NFL early. And so in my mind, I was like, hey, he's about to go to the NFL. He's got a year off, not getting hit. Wasn't rehabbing, though. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to get healthy. He was healthy. He sat out healthy. So you're doing healthy shit. You're doing vacations. Mm-hmm. You're doing chilling. You're going to clubs. You got your money, whatever you got. So you're not rehabbing for a year. A guy like Kyler Murray was probably better off just flat out sitting out all year long. Because no one needs to see you play six mediocre games for the Arizona Cardinals for the for your agent to be able to negotiate and get you because your deal's already good. Your deal's locked in for at least this season and next season. And if whatever whatever the buyout is, whatever that math is, yeah, you signed a two hundred sixty million sixty million dollar deal, like one hundred and thirty yeah. or forty. And what are you doing? Because I mean, like you would think in most scenarios, you would think let's play him up his trade value. But I don't even think they're doing that. I haven't really, I haven't really seen them because because at this point, if they do trade him, the thought is already you guys are drafting top three to five. You're probably taking a quarterback. Correct. So so you can't you increase gotta his get rid of value. him. Yeah, because you have to get rid of him. You're not going to draft a guy like say Drake May. And, and have him sit a year behind him. You know, especially when they're not even comparable as far as the type of system that... The playbook. Yeah, the playbook doesn't match up. Right. Now, if you drafted Caleb Williams, maybe. But also with Caleb Williams' personality, he's not the type of dude that you're going to draft and sit on the bench either. Yeah, he didn't want to sit behind Spencer Rattler at college. You think he's going to want to sit behind a, essentially the exact same guy at <laughs> Yeah, so so you know, um, just like I keep hearing about all this stuff, you know, obviously he's not gonna play, but they keep talking about Aaron Rodgers and how you know, like I mentioned earlier, Christmas Eve, you know, he's supposed to be throwing again or whatever. And it's like if he don't sit his be, old ass down somewhere, you shouldn't be doing anything until March. At the earliest. Like, what are you doing for the Jets? They already paid you, people are already excited. These are Jet fans, they come out every game. You're five and eight. They leave early. <laughs> <laughs> you're five and eight. You're you're not coming back to lead them. This ain't R E L A X. This ain't that. Yeah. You know. So um, Lonzo Ball was trying to come back. Like, mm-hmm. take that time. Take that time to you're young. You're young, and I I know that people feel like oh it's you know it's you against the world, and you never get an opportunity. Think about all the guys that are playing in their mid thirties right now. You got. Steph is in his mid thirties. Katie's in his mid thirties. Draymond. Paul George is thirty three. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James is late. Harden, Westbrook. These guys, you can still make it. So if you get an opportunity to sit for a year and actually get healthy, look at Dirk. Dirk played an extra year. And if you watch Dirk walk around now, it's like he's about to tip over. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need that hundred percent disability. You just, you just need to just be like, you know what? Let me sit tight for a year and get healthy. Well, like, like Lonzo like a, is like a damn year from school. It's like people do it for mental health. It's like I got out of high school, I grind, 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 grind. I graduated with my three point seven, or three point eight, or four point zero GPA, whatever it was. I got to college, and I'm taking all these classes, and I'm grinding, and I haven't taken a break, I haven't taken a mental break. So I'm gonna take a gap year. Long like, as you Lonzo, get back Lonzo's to it, what twenty six. 
at most. If that, if that he's, same he's in that Tatum. same draft as Tatum and yeah, and, Marco uh, Fox Fultz. and yeah, yeah Marco Fultz. He probably would have benefited. I don't know if he took that time off. I don't know he tore his ACL, but took some time off. Got right. Yeah, he's not a star NBA player. But Ooh, he, you know who I just thought about. Since we were talking basketball, because initially when we were talking about it pregame, I was thinking football. But now that you're saying the things that you're saying, I'm like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant sat Brooklyn gave him the deal and he sat for that whole. Well, time. not even that. I was talking about when he tried to come back for the finals. And that's why he needed to sit. Tight. Yeah, that's he why he tried to come back early yeah. again. So mm-hmm. he tore his, tore his Achilles and then he sat. And mm-hmm. he just sat for that whole year. Brooklyn didn't. Brooklyn didn't have videos of him shooting jump shots coming out. Same thing with Ben Simmons. Ben, if it was your back or if it was your relationship with the team, just sit the whole year. Right. Don't try to come back. Just sit back. You're young. You're going to get time. So if you don't get to play from 26 to 27, that's fine. You'll get mm-hmm. to play from 27 to 34. But like I said, in the case of Michael Vick, if he doesn't sit for those two years, he had broke his leg. He was constantly getting hit. He was never – he admittedly never read the playbook he never knew he was wasn't allowed to audible with jim moore jr so basically <laughs> if he didn't know what the play was he would just roll left and just go he's like my athletic ability was going to get me through well there's corners that run just as fast as him there's safeties that run at, a, at an angle just as fast as him, and they're hitting him every time mm-hmm. so he got two years and not get hit like i said we talked about peyton manning tom brady when he tore his acl in week one he wasn't trying to come back for the, the playoff run. He was like, and, and you would have thought that if anybody would have, it would have been him. The, that intensity, Kobe with the Achilles and his fingers, like his feet. <laughs> he just sat, just like, just sit back, like get your, get your body right. Yeah, Kobe played with mangled fingers for like the last 10 years of his career. Yeah, you know, they were just popping them back into place all the time. <laughs> his fingers just extended, like, ah. He popped his back in the like plate. Maybe for all those people that bang on his efficiency, maybe he would have been a little more efficient if his fingers got fixed. Dwight <laughs> Howard. Dwight Howard was playing through back issues, mm-hmm. trying to prove to Kobe. And then we went to Houston that, you know, I'm not soft. Dog, just sit out, get right, right for a year. Cause when he did, when he, when he essentially went to not getting a lot of burn and he went to the Lakers, he was a viable piece in that 2020 championship. Because it's like Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose. Ne- you never see Derrick Rose trying to fight his way back on the court. He just gets healthy, mm-hmm. and then he gets healthy, he gets his time, and now we see him out there playing. It's crazy. Like it's just, it just, it has to be some science to it. Like I know they give these guys these timelines, and you look at guys like I said, like Adrian Peterson when he came back in nine months. That first game he broke through, but. You never see Adrian Peterson get chased down from behind. He, I think he ended up still scoring a touchdown, but normally you don't even chase him. Once he gets through, once he gets to the second level, it's over. It's over. But that first game back from that ACL surgery, granted it was only nine months, RG3. RG3's career is way different if he just doesn't play that playoff game. Let Kirk Cousins do his thing. But just so concerned with your spot being taken – out there with the Adidas sleeve on, like if you need that much stuff on, yeah, I for you like- to stay warm and braced up, then just stay. Like, because matter of fact, he did it. He came back early for the playoff game. Came back in the beginning of the season, 
Remember, because he, he tore the yeah. ACL, like reaching for the ball. Mm-hmm. They took him out the field, Kirk Cousins, and then came, then essentially, I want to say forced his way back. But like, oh, he's just, you know, so prepared. Dog, what, what, like, what you you're on a rookie deal, it was a good deal back in the day, like 2012. You're getting a good rookie deal. Get healthy. If you got to go to another team, at least be healthy. Well, it goes back to that conversation that we had before we came on where we were talking about LeBron and people would say this, people would say that. Football is one of those sports where if RG3 didn't play that playoff game, then everybody's questioning his toughness, you know, questioning if he's the guy, questioning if Washington made a mistake. So I think with football – the pride kicks in. I think basketball, maybe they just want to play. But with football, I think there's a certain pride that comes that with gladiator it. bravado. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what did RG3 in. Philip Rivers playing an AFC championship game against New England with the ACL. I think him, and, him and Ladanian were hurt. Big, big braces on. Looked like he had a third leg on. <laughs> it's like, dog, what are you going to do in two weeks when you play in the Super Bowl if you do win this game? It's not going right. to get any better. So yeah, like I said, just if you if you got a ligament tear and a vital ligament that you need, or it actually tears, mm-hmm. Calibre, you tore your ACL in December. You came back to play for a team that was like one and eight in November mm-hmm. to do what? To be out there with teammates that are gonna be all different next year. Good luck against San Francisco this weekend. <laughs> Running for your life from Fred Warner and Greenlaw and Bosa and Chase Young and Gregory <laughs> and Ken Law. Ridiculous. Yo, did you see off corner blitzes? It's like it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to to Side put yourself at risk because because when you get injured, you're gonna get replaced anyway. You're not when you're already under contract. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Keep trying to come back from stuff. Mm-hmm. Dog, you are injured. Just sit out. Quick, quick side note. Did you see <laughs> Fred Warner and Metcalf the other day? Yo, the picture that I saw made it look like he, like it was like a a thumbnail. He was holding him like this. Made it, made it look like he would pick them up over his head. He rolled him to the left. <laughs> but like, what got me was like. Metcalf just walking up to him and putting both hands on his face mask. <laughs> I'm talking about the suplex. The suplex was the craziest part. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Players, Like, listen, first of all, you're not going to fight. <laughs> you're not going to fight. But the you could do, I think, tackling a dude might be more impactful than punching a guy. Like, if I can hit you, like, if I take, you know what? I'm gonna just get a blindside block on you next chance I get. Well, see, I'm gonna keep. I think that hurts more than me slapping you in a helmet and jerking on your face right. mask. I'd rather I'm, I'm keep, uh... you. If I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do something that's gonna get me fined and or like you know kicked out of the game, I'm gonna get a good hit in. I'm keeping. I don't know why they. I don't know why they still punching themselves. I'm, I'm gonna keep my eye on Tyreek Hill this week. You know our MVP because uh, when he got injured last night. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was because it looked like there was a bit of a horse collar involved as well. So, yeah. um, so I was thinking like the worst. Yeah, but the, I thought Trevor Lawrence injury was going to be worse. I thought it was. I mean, well, I mean, he didn't look good. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about when it happened because I watched. No, it. no, I know, but I'm just saying. When he, he got stepped on and he and he took his helmet off, and when he slammed his helmet, 
I was yeah. thinking about recently Jalen Phillips, uh, the mm-hmm. Miami linebacker. And when he, you know, I mean, like it was the audio. I don't know how they got the audio that precise. Man, it's heartbreaking just hearing him like realize like when everyone's coming around, like he was sitting there, he kept his helmet on and they came around. He was like, I think I popped my Achilles. I think I popped it. I popped it. I definitely popped it. And then when he realized like, I'm done. Right. Like in theory, he's done through next season. Mm-hmm. It takes taking our advice from this, this, you know, from our seat block here. He's done through November 2024. Just take it all. Just take just take the whole time. Renegotiate your contract if you're up for a contract. Take that whole time. And if you know, if you gotta go to another team, I get it. I know it's easier said than done because I'm in this position here. I'm in this room here with a bookshelf, and I'm going to a regular ass job tomorrow uh, to be like, "Hey, just take that year off." But if you see, if you come back too early and you're no good, they're gonna get rid of you. You might as well go ahead and stay. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, he's still. I mean, on, he's still on. He's still on the rookie deal. Like uh, he got drafted in 21. Yeah. So so he'll be he still be there, you know, unless they do the, you know, the heartbreak thing and cut him, you know, because we've seen that from a we've NFL seen it happen a lot. Yeah. We've seen that. Yeah. They do it in college. College, they give you six months to rehab. Yeah. College, they don't got to renew that scholarship year to year. They all they got to give you that six months to rehab or whatever, like the doctor recommendations. But normally, like most things, most ligamentaries give you six months and then they can release you from your scholarship. Yeah, that's so crazy to me. Yeah, at a at a, at a a young troop, he went to Grambling. He was telling me he tore something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe a broken collarbone, or he he either broke something or tore something. But he was like, I was on the, their insurance for six months, and at the end of the six months, they cleared me, and then that was it. My he's like, I was a walk on, so like that was it. He's like, I was I wasn't at a scholarship, so he's like, I was. After that, after that six months, I was done. Wow, that's so heartbreaking, man. You know, like just to put in all the hard work that it took to make the team as a walk-on, beating out, trying to beat out scholarship players. He's like, man, I would run on the field if it if it was ten guys on the field on punt return or kickoff or on a play. <coughs> and you know, you gotta imagine. Said, I play corner. He said, I run out there and get right in position, and they didn't want to waste the time out. He's like they run a play. He's like I'd hit somebody. He's like I'd hit somebody as hard as I could to show. Hey, coach. You gotta imagine going through something field. like that. Like he was probably competing against guys that were good enough to go to LSU, but maybe they got in trouble, or you know, a guy that was going to go to Louisiana to the Raging Cajuns, but his grades weren't good enough. Something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And, a guy that they wanted over him, like maybe right. he was like they just they wanted the other Scott. They wanted the guys that they were paying for to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, which like, makes sense. Yeah, and it's like I was crazy. beating them out. He's like I was beating them in practice. I was beating them anytime I got in the field. Like I was trying to beat them out, but it was like he's like I couldn't get. He's like I couldn't get. I couldn't string together time, and then you know you get That's hurt. Crazy, you know. Uh, Baker Mayfield was a walk on. You got to grind. Yeah. No hats off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, but, you know, but hats off. You yeah, know, it takes a lot to go from walk on the Heisman to number one pick. 
But then they mm-hmm. treated him the same way he got treated. I think that's why he's. I think that's why he's doing better than a guy like Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Because he had he had to work for it. He had to get slapped around a little bit in college. Whereas Zach, I think Zach went to BYU, and we we get, we talk about Utah sports all the time. You are king in Utah mm-hmm. if you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. Gordon Haywood, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Darren Williams, Boozer, uh, Alex Smith. Kyle Winningham, the head coach, probably Bronco Mendenhall. You got guys like Fred Warner. If these guys come back and just they do whatever, they just come back to the city, they are considered kings because that is they are the the gladiator figures for the state. Mm-hmm. You being the top quarterback for BYU, I believe, I believe, I think Taysom Hill, obviously Taysom Hill was there. I think one or I think each one of them beat Utah in a rivalry game. I could be wrong. I don't want to misquote, but especially if you beat Utah, if you win a rivalry game and you're a quarterback at BYU, you're Steve Only War. Mm-hmm. You're Jim McMahon. You're Steve Sarkeesian, Ty Detmer. Like these are legendary. Like we all know these quarterbacks. Taysom Hill. Like these guys are like Jack Wilson's in that same elk as far as like what Utah thinks of him, the state of Utah. Mm hmm. Whereas Baker Mayfield's a walk on here, cast off here, transferred here, uh, you know, still wins the Heisman, goes number one overall. The team speaking, gets another guy and brings him in, and then sends you off to L. You know, speaking of Utah, they just might be my Big Twelve favorites going into next year. I know that we're far, far, far away, but Cam Rising is finally going to be back, and he's They're like twenty nine years old. They're bringing back all 11 starters on offense. That's unheard of. So, you know. And nobody in the – not one school in the Big 12 that goes to Utah plays anywhere near that level of elevation. Well, Everything I mean, is flat. Yeah, they, I mean, they're bringing Colorado with them, but, you know, that's about it. Well, Colorado's yeah. the only one. Yeah, yeah. Colorado's so that, but, but now that Dion got some linemen, you know, we might – Get some good Utah Colorado games. Transfer Porter goes to Boulder. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like I brought up Lincoln earlier. <laughs> like if, you, if you think, like I talked about this before, everybody knew what Dion needed. Yeah, he, he said it out loud. He I don't know if he got Louis. Like, that's what I said the other day. I don't know if he got Louis, but he got Hugo Boss at least. Yeah, if, I mean, if you if you improved the athleticism from last year to this year and that you can coach that up. Cause sometimes like, you know, it's, it's coaching. It's athleticism is a combination. Like you can have a team full of like Bill Belichick can't take the practice squad and win a regular season NFL game. Right. You know, it's sort of right. Like it's, it, it does take a, a balance. Right. Whereas you have Jim Harbaugh took Mike Singletary's team and took him to the Super Bowl. Like they, you had the talent there. I just need to scheme the match. I need to get one more tight end here, or find out what offensive tackle played tight end in college and have him report as eligible. Whatever you got to do, right? Get rid right. of the running pocket passer and just bring in the quarterback that runs and give him some pocket passes. Whatever you have to do, whatever schematically you have to do. So mm-hmm. I think Dion, if if he land, he landed the one, the top. Rated offensive tackle. Now, Dion goes to 
your four, like your bundle of four or five star wide receivers. Like, listen, our protection is going to be top notch. You're going to be able to get open. I got Shador Sanders. And I think he got another four star commit from class of 2025 to commit uh, a white quarterback. I forgot what his name was. Well, I thought they lost that one. I saw, I saw that they were, they, he committed. I know he had a black quarterback that decommitted. Yeah, I know they, because I thought they had lost a quarterback. Because every single, everybody, they were, they're all wearing number two. Like every pitcher seems like they're all wearing number two. I don't know if that's going to be like a thing where like the Colorado quarterback wears two, because that was Dion's number. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be like a thing. Like, listen, I'm gonna put this two on you. I'm gonna put this two on your back, in your front of your back, and I'm gonna put this L in the chest. So wear it right. Wear it right. And it's like, I got you, <laughs> coach. And it's like, also, I got four or five star offensive tackle, offensive lineman in front of you, and mm-hmm. a couple of five star wide receivers for you to throw to. Because that, that's probably all it is. If I'm a running back, if I know I got a highly offensive, highly charismatic coach in Dion, I'm like, oh, you fix the offensive line. You know, do I want to go to Nebraska? Do I want to go to Colorado State? I want to go to Colorado. Just if you have Shador for at least one more year and whatever mm-hmm. he getting in his NIL deal, yeah, I think you can kind of continue this legacy. I think he'll be able to, to really <clears throat> build it back up. Matt Rule, whatever he did, I don't know, like I say, he's doing some convincing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe Brian LSU might have a shot, but this SEC is about to get thick, so that's going to be tough. Well, maybe Nebraska will finally make a bowl game. You know, they haven't made one since 2017, so. They try They try pretty hard, though. Yeah, they were 5-3 and three at one point this year, and, you know, just the wheels on the bus went round and round and, you know, fell off all through the town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, but, yeah, he's got the two quarterbacks coming in. He's got – if if well – it's not official yet, but all indicators point to McCord going there. So he's got his quarterback for next year. Between all three quarterbacks that they played this year, 10 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. You know, so um, any upgrade, same thing with Colorado's offensive line, any upgrade at quarterback for Nebraska, and they're a bold be beneficial. Team, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, so. You know, it is what it is. The portal's in effect. Sports reports' his order is in effect. Killing Sports it. reports' his order is out of here. So, yo, do us a favor. Like, review, share, subscribe. It's all free. Shout out to John and Molly's Philadelphia 76ers fans. Got some followers last week, so I figured I'd, I'd shoot them with the other Philly. I got a bet that Alabama's going to beat Michigan, so he's going to owe me a shot here in about a month. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you, Sal. I got you. I got you. you. Know I'm my shot. Shout out to Draymond Green, just in case you thought he was soft. He out here putting paws on people. You know, know what I'm saying? You got to <laughs> stop doing that, man. Stop getting you know kicked out saying? of games. All this flailing around. Stop it. Stop you know it. But, yo. We're going to be back on Thursday. And, of course, you know what that means. Thursday means picks. So, NFL, week 15. We are terrible at it. (laughs) You know, week 15. We have great explanations of our picks. And then it happens on Sunday. It's like, I wasn't even close. Hey, all I know is I picked Buffalo to beat Kansas City. (laughs) I I picked Dallas to beat beat Philadelphia. Let me see. That's what I know. Oh, I'm an idiot. I picked 
KC, Philly, Green Bay, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, got- I felt I felt like I shouldn't have picked any of those. And we both picked Atlanta. <laughs> I was gonna pick Atlanta no matter. But what. I did get the I did get the big pick right though. 27, 27 to nothing. Detroit. 27 to nothing. Bye week over Washington. So I got that one. <laughs> you know, Jamin Davis great. out for the season now. How you how you out for the season during the bye week? Chicago, baby. Yeah. Hey, at least you picked Denver. Yeah, so I was like three for eleven. <laughs> so I picked Houston. Well, I got oh, I got Houston, Baltimore, yeah, I see if CJ Stroud's playing this weekend. He got that contest. Cincinnati won. Like, Indianapolis lost. I picked that yep. one. Atlanta lost. I picked Cleveland. Oh, Indy lost that, too. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. 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 I didn't do well. Yeah, but, Joe, we're going to get it better this week. Two days away, Thursday. We'll be back in Until then, America, we love you. We love you. He is Mr. Logical. I am Survive. And we out.